Welcome to Mighty House. This is a radio show for people with problems. Home improvement problems, that is. And for people who want common sense guidance on how to build green and live a more sustainable lifestyle. Send an email or call into the show. The Mighty House crew is on the job. This is Mighty House. All right. Hey, look, we're back with Tile Installation Part 2. And uh, if you missed part one, it was, what did we cover there, Rich? Backer board, <laughs> yep. setting materials, grouts, waterproofing, types of tile and stone. So if you mm-hmm. missed part one, uh, go back and uh, you can check that out and, and catch up to where we are at part two. But you can always join us on Facebook Live, YouTube Live, and Periscope Live right now. Brought to you in part by Mr. Floor. And wherever you're watching, make sure you click on the like button and hit subscribe. There's bells and whistles and all kinds of things to click on, depending on what service you're watching us on. And uh, that way you're notified when we hit the air. Podcasts of all our shows are available at MightyHouse.net, Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud, and on HomeApprovementUSA.com. Find links to all of them at MightyHouse.net. Now, here's the trick. Just go to MightyHouse.net, and you can have access to everything right there. If you want to watch the video, it's right there on the homepage. You want to go listen to stuff, iTunes, it's all right there. There's a link to all of it. So if you just go to MightyHouse.net, you'll be covered. And you'll get squared away. So I think today, Rich, say that again, Rich. Outstanding. But you should sign up for the newsletter because then you'll also get a link to the different specials and things that we have running. So you want to do that at MightyHouse.net on the Contact Us page. And just need first, last name, email address, and you'll get that newsletter each week. That's right. And sometimes we get tools away from Klein Tools. Uh, They help us out and give us free stuff all the time left-handed pliers that are still sitting here i haven't given them away yet (laughs) so we've got left-handed clients that's right left-handed clients and it's not an april fool's joke either it's real it's real so with that i think what's that it's a june 3rd joke (laughs) it's a june 3rd joke (laughs) no they are left-handed cutters left-handed kleinman pliers yes so uh, I think today we've got a lot of stuff to cover, and yeah, I'm just going to be your Vanna right now, and I will hold up the stuff that you happen to be talking about, and then maybe give my two cents if there's uh, two cents to be given. How's that sound? <laughs> it sounds great. We'll just give it a whirl, but please chime in at any point. I shall. Okay. okay. Let her roll. So let's go with basic tools. All right. So we Thank talked you. about all the materials, setting materials, waterproofing last week. So this week, we want to stress on how to get set up to start laying it. So let's talk about basic tools right off the get-go. Good knee pads. Right here. Uh, I Check didn't those have out. those. as When I was younger, I now have knees like an old hooker. They are <laughs> beat to death. So you want to get some good knee pads. Wear them. Wear them. Wear them. Don't leave that, them in the trough. Yep, there you go, Jezebel. Right there. So these, these are really nice. They're plastic. They're soft. And then they have a gel inside of them. So when you kneel down, it's really comfortable. It's nice and cushy. And, and these are worth every penny when you yes. get a good set. And I like the soft ones. They make a hard, like a hard cased ones. And they slide around on the tile. They, they're, they're, uh, they leave marks and stuff. That's why I like the, uh, the softer ones. Because if you're working on wood floors or something like that, they don't, they don't mar up the floor. So, okay. Well Back taken. to you, sir. Okay. Obviously need a measuring tape. Got to need some kind of tape to, to lay things out. But if you're doing a regular, if you're doing a small bathroom, I don't even use a tape to lay out. 
much. I actually will just lay a row of tile and then figure out what my dip balance is and go from there. But we'll talk about that later. You need a, a pencil or a Sharpie, a you know, something balance? to make some marks. Yeah. A dip balance. The difference or the balance. Oh, dip balance. Oh, see? Okay. Yeah, you got it. So pencil yeah. right there. What's that? Say look. That's that's right a there. flat square pencil. Yeah. Carpenter's pencil. That's another that's right. show to explain how to use that. Like that, right? That's the whole point of it being large. Just I can write. <laughs> that's it. Okay. So being old school, uh, once you made your marks, we'd use a chalk line. We'd snap some lines, but that's kind of old school. Uh, Bosch has a fantastic line of lasers out. And the one that I have, that's there you go. Self-leveling can do all kinds of stuff. Um, that one probably goes horizontal and vertical. Yep. And they, you just hit a button here and it just goes one side. See, it's flashing right now because it doesn't like it because it's not level. Right. If I hold it level, see, but and it, it'll shoot, you know, vertical lines, horizontal lines, or or uh, or both. So if you want have okay. like a a corner, you want to start right in the middle and have both of them, and you're going to start tiling out from that point. You can yep. set that up to do that also. Does it shoot it on the so, back? No, you can't see it on the back wall either. No, but yeah, and then they have another an advanced version that'll do vertical, horizontal, and diagonal. So yeah. those are really handy because a lot of people like everything on 45s now. So having it out, you know, but something like that, you just figure out your 45 or shine it corner to corner. There's your line. Boom, done. Right. So, so the other thing with this one though, uh, the downside for this basic one is if, if you're doing a larger room, you may want a 360. Uh, so that way it's shooting mm -hmm. a line across the whole space. If you're going to be tiling around the entire room, one of those that shoots 360 all the way around. Cause this, every time you move it, now you have to readjust it because it's it's never going to be the same. Even though this does swivel on here, once you touch mm -hmm. it, it moves just a little bit and it might be off again. So if you've got one that shoots 360, if you're really doing a large space or you're doing a, all the way around, you want to make sure you're level all the way around, then maybe get one of those. Yeah. Again, it's budget because they do the more features, more cost. <laughs> so it's that simple. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. So, and then just a little trick, like if you're, if you're old school, like me and you use the chalk line, um, using like clear sealer, you know, clear, any kind of clear paint or hairspray, spray it over the chalk <laughs> line. Yes. The hairspray. <laughs> I know Ron would not have any hairspray in the truck. No, I have no use for hairspray. Yeah. But if you paint <laughs> over with something clear over your chalk lines, that way, when you're going over a trawling mud or whatever, it won't just disappear. Or if you slide your knee pad across it. It won't erase yep. the line as easy. So that's always but the I one use to have. Pencil lines too, though, because the pencil lines will still smear. So if you hit it mm -hmm. with some uh, clear lacquer, you know, spray mm -hmm. it down, it'll, that holds the lines. It's, it's, that's really a really cool trick. Yep. Yeah. It just it makes it easier. Um, we need a screw gun for just, oh, hey. Up. So I, now, got, I think I got one of those. Yeah. You look like one of those from last week. See right there. And that's bad video right there. <laughs> Let me take this right off your gut right there for a second here. Yeah, Excuse well, me, me there, Rich. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> there. See, or you could go old school like that. Just have a level here. You, let right. me give this back to you. You want this back? Thanks. Here, me, right. No. Right. Yeah. Right there. Okay. I'll set it over here. I'll I'll Almost get it over there. here out of the way. See, I'll put it right see, there. That's fine. Yeah. Just lean it against the shower unit. <laughs> that's exactly it. 
That's what it looks like. That's awesome. Perfect. All right. So the screw gun isn't really for screwing down anything because we did that last week when we were doing all the prep. What the screw gun's for is you see in the background there all that wall tile. So you look at that bottom row and see it's half the height of the rest of the wall, right? Because yep, right they there. tried to center it. You got three inches at the top, three inches at the bottom, it looks like. So yep. the best way to do that is to get yourself a level line on the wall, three inches above the floor, and you screw a cleat to the wall. Then you can lay all your wall tile. Mm-hmm. Cleat, ledger, uh-huh. but ledger. Then you can lay all your wall tile and it'll stay perfectly flat. Let that dry. Next day you fill in the bottom and then you grow. Okay. Correct. So we talked about the level, always handy. Hammer. The hammer is really just in case things go really bad. You just don't want to punch it because you'll bloody your knuckles. <laughs> the hammer comes in handy for just smashing stuff. I'm not sure well, what you use a hammer for a setting I, tile. I like this one. Too, because it's got a rubber handle. So if you need to just bump something, you can put that rubber mm-hmm. edge on there and just like give it a quick tap, and you, and it'll help push things back into place. So, um, okay, the, the, I use the handle probably more tiling than I do the actual hammer. <laughs> I would hope so. Uh, got to mix up some mud. We're gonna need you know some thin set. We need a mixing blade or okay. one of these. Yep, one of those. I like that. Man, that's a good one yeah. right there. See, like, yeah, that one doesn't all... look. That doesn't look new. No, that baby's uh, been used. That's a good one right there. See, yeah. and there, here's where you use your hammer, because now you oh, want to clean that clean off. It. You just go like that. See, and it cleans yeah. it right off. And, and you really a, don't you... want all those loose chunks on there because when you're trying to trowel out the floor oh. to get it level, then you don't want chunks in there. Comes aggravating. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to set you stuff I already did over on this side now. Okay. Okay. Some specialty so I'm not tools. I'm into your butt every time for the next tool. Well, I can move over. <laughs> so it doesn't look so bad. All right. So some specialty tools. Tile cutters. So we can oh. use the slide and snap. I don't know if you have a slide and snap. Yeah, I got one of those. Hang on. I'm coming back. Here right, you go. We'll g- Here's one of these. I got it right there. There you go. So that's good for porcelain, ceramic. Uh, that one, what, how, what, how long is that one? They'll do 12 by 12, 16 by 16? Yeah. 12 by 12. It's, it's an older ruby. We've got some mm-hmm. larger ones. Uh, we've got, and we've got the big wet saws that'll do up to four feet, you know, but those right. are hard to bring into the studio here. So yeah, so this if one, you're doing a standard this is area. Yep. Yeah. But your tile sizes now, everybody loves this, you know, 12 by 50 or 12 by 60 inch porcelain. So it's a little harder to cut with a, a small slide and snap. The wet saw, like you said, that's that's a great one. Um, but And you can rent them. You know, I used to do stuff with a skill saw and a diamond blade, and it got really old. And then I found I could yes. rent a wet saw for like $50 for the day. I'm like, what am I doing? So wet saw right. is a lot more yeah. fun to use, too. Uh, yeah, and uh, go ahead. I was just racing through this. Handheld diamond just, cutter. Say, your diamond blades, though, you got to make sure you get enough. If you're cutting porcelain or something like that, you're gonna you're gonna smoke through those diamond blades. So uh, mm-hmm. you might need to pick up an extra one. Right. But I had a handheld grinder with a diamond blade. I didn't bring that in. I left that that's in fine. the truck. Okay, but again, that's you can buy cheap ones, and you mm-hmm. know they'll start out at thirty five hundred RPMs, and can be a little scary because your hands right yep. near there. Um, uh-huh. but you spend a little more, they make variable speed ones 
which are much nicer because you can control the speed of the cut. And <clears throat> if it's a fully insulated model and you plug it into a GFCI outlet, um, I will take a jug, like a two liter bottle, put a pinhole in it and put that on the tile. That's my wet saw then. So yeah, zzz, keeps the dust down. Because <laughs> that's what I was going to say. You want to make sure you've got some kind of, uh, resp- you know, um, some kind of protection, dust protection, if you're cutting with that, uh, with a grinder without, you know, soaking down the tile first. So you want to make sure you're, you, you're, uh, you've got some kind of protection because that, you, you start breathing all that dust in, it gets pretty nasty fast. Yeah, that's why you cut them on the tailgate of the truck outside. <laughs> yeah. But you also need <laughs> earplugs. Yes. Because, yeah. yes, get hearing protection because it's noisy. Anything yes. with the wet saw is nice because the wet saw, no dust, little splash. You got to set up the room with some bisqueen. But the right. wet saw is definitely the way to go. Did you happen to bring in nippers? Nope. I left those in the truck too. But okay, I do have so those, nippers are, which are a specialized which are, tile. Like a, it's a specialized pliers for tile and it's just got like two teeth and it just basically, if it didn't break on your line, you can, or you got to just make a little cut edge off of there. You take the nipper and you pinch it off of there. Yep. That again was more for ceramic tile. It doesn't work quite as well on porcelain. It doesn't work so well on stone, but it was really made for ceramics. So. All right. And, and you could use that to, you could, you could do a whole, the whole thing, do all your cuts with that too. So if you had a, if you have a, a glass cutter and you mm-hmm. score your line with a glass cutter and then you take the nippers and you can pop it and, and break it right on that line. And, and that could be when you're, if you're doing ceramic tile, that, that could be your whole setup right there. Right. So. And again, it's not going to work so good on porcelain or anything. It's ceramic. Correct. All right. Let's talk about trowels. So I don't there you go. There, I got a whole bucket of trowels. Which one do you want? You want well, the, what kind of let's notch talk you about laying, the smaller the tile, the smaller the notch. Okay. So, so we've got if I'm gonna lay your standard tile, let's call it a quarter by three quarter by quarter notch. That would mm-hmm. probably be good for a 12 by 12 tile on a good surface. Okay. So, oh, here's a bigger one. See, like right here, I'm going to come right up to the camera here. So you got. Right. So that one, right I can't there. tell. It's got some age and wear on it as well. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so there's yeah, the a smaller one. one's good for like wall tile, wall mosaics, uh, your field, you know, the small mosaic tiles and some of your listels. And then you use that larger notch trowel for maybe a 12 by 12 to 16 by 16. And when you get into the really large tile, you might want to use something that's even half by half. Uh, yes. And and I, lay your bed and you then we'll talk about the, the actual techniques, but you'll go across that and get it all the same height, back butter your tile, drop it on there, and it's good to go. Now there's square notch and then there's also the V notch. Mm-hmm. And V-notch is typically used more with the plastics and some other yes. tiles and wood, like the wood overlay stuff. And then yeah, if you're, if, if you're, if you're setting, working with the mask, I told you not to work with last week. That, that's how you, you'd use that. Right. That's what it's from. <laughs> so if you're setting glass tile, though, I would recommend a trowel with no notches. Oh, want no notches. So uh, do I have one? I think I do. So, if not, well, it looks more like a regular trowel, but you can use the 
other side, the flat see, side that, of that same trowel. See, there's one that needs really clean, but you've got us, you've got a, a the notched, notched edge side. there, and there's your, your smooth, smooth side there. And the reason you don't do the notch side is obviously it's glass tile. When you look into the tile, you will see the notches. Now, a lot of the tile manufacturers started putting backing on the glass so you couldn't see through, but you still can see through the edges. If any of the grout bleeds through or any of the setting material bleeds up, it does it in points and you'll see it from an angle. So always do the glass tile with a flat trowel. Don't notch it. No notches. No notches. Don't need no right. stinking notches. Right. So I, as I said, the, the ceramics mostly quarter or three eighths by or quarter by quarter. We go up to the thicker tile, could go all the way up to a half by half. So think about that. The other thing is, and I don't know if you have one in there, but if you got a margin trowel, um, that's handy. But when you're thinking about how many square feet of tile you have to lay, the bigger the notch, the more mud you're going to need. So yes. on the bag, it'll tell you at this trowel, you will cover this much. Now, a margin trowel is actually just a small, narrow trowel that's only five or six inches long, only two inches wide. But what you use that for is getting mud out of the bucket, for scraping the sides of the bucket. It does a lot for just keeping things cleaned up instead of trying to get it with that big old trowel out of the bucket or dumping it on the floor. So margin trowels are handy to keep yourself. For that. Pardon? I use a five-in-one scraper for that. Okay. That would work as well, but. They make margin yep. trousers for that. <laughs> All right. So then we got floats. And about the only float you really need in, in tile work is that there is a rubber float. And that's for grouting. So you can see you don't need a lot of tools, a lot of basic tools. So if you're not going to tile tons of stuff, you can buy the cheap stuff. But in all honesty, if you just got the house, you're thinking about doing all the rooms. I always say spend the money now because if you do three or four rooms, it'll pay for itself buying a good tool. So yep. don't just buy the cheap plastic thing because you think you're going to do one and throw it away uh, because the amount of aggravation you'll get halfway through when it cracks or breaks. <laughs> and now you're uh -huh. in the middle of laying a floor and you're running back to the box store or something. So no, spend some money. Uh, sponges. Grout sponges are very handy. There you go. And there's something interesting about grout sponges. They don't stain and they don't stink like a kitchen sponge. Because? I don't know. But you could use that sponge on black, on black grout, wash it out, and it'll still be that color. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like weird how, I don't know, they, they don't seem to stain. But they, my pay, that's a good sponge there. <laughs> Yeah. So this is just a generic one right here, but you know. I got a couple of those and they work great. No complaints from me. Yep. All right. Agreed. So those are your basic tools. Got enough to, to lay out. We got enough to install and we've got enough to, to grout it. So, right. You know what we didn't talk about? You need, it's not even on the list. Probably good, three, three good five gallon pails. I got it. That's all how right. you carry all your tools in. Absolutely. <laughs> you bring the bucket. Absolutely. Bring the buckets. So you and need I, one I with can show your... you the inside of this bucket. It, it's nasty. It's got all kinds of garbage in it. I've uh, worn the bottoms out the of them with the, with, the, with the mixer. So yep. just keep cranking through them. All right. So let's talk about some installation. Basically, in the layout and installation is 
pretty much the same for all of them. Oh, you want to go to the square? Oh, no, no, no. I'm just saying you want to be square. No, I jumped. I, I miss. I jumped. So, yes, laying out. Oh. Let's square the space. So the first thing you're going to want to do is find out if the room is, in fact, square. So you can do that with that there is a frame and square. So you can find the center of the room. You can snap some lines or you can lay your laser out. Um, if you want to do the tile on a diagonal, you've got to do the old triangular thing, the isosceles. Is it a right triangle? Three, four, five. Remember, yeah. we never wanted geometry when we were in school. It's never going to use this in my life and everything we do now right. is geometry. Yes. So <laughs> using a three, yes. four, five method, you can actually go to the middle of a wall. You can go back three feet, measure out four feet, and then diagonally from that point to another to, you know, connect those two points that five feet. And that's going to give you a, a true 45 degree angle. And boom, you can start pulling lines from there. So right. laying out your room, making sure everything is square is good. And when you lay out your tile, make sure you include your joints. Mm hmm. Just because the, the box said, right. No, just because the box said 12 by 12, they're not 12 by 12. They're typically metric. So they might be 11 and seven eighths or close. And if you're right. doing an eighth inch joint, then it's every 12 inches, you would have a line. Right. Right. So you want to make sure you take that into consideration. Um, when you're doing like a small bathroom, bathroom could be four feet, six inches wide. I'm throwing that number out there for a reason. I have a 12 yeah. by 12 tile. I can start on one wall with a 12 inch tile. When I get to the other side, I'm going to have a six inch tile. And that's going to yeah. really be visible that it's all off that much. I can start yes. in the middle and I can go two tile this way, two tile this way, but then I end up with three inch cuts and a three inch yep. cut along a wall looks terrible with a 12 inch tile. Yeah. So now the trick is split it. So if I centered the room and I move over half the tile, so instead of being in the middle of the room, I go off six inches. That's going to get my new line and the center of my tile would be over my center line. By doing yeah. that, by going two tile uh, each way, I will have a nine inch rip. I'll have three full tiles in the field and a nine inch rip on each side, which makes it look much more pleasing to the eye. It's a yes. lot less waste of tile. And all you had to do is move the line over half the width of a tile. So if that's confusing the hell out of you, I can understand that because I don't have any visual aids. <laughs> so the thing, though, the thing with that is if your wall is, is in or out, it doesn't quite go straight. If you've got that thin three-inch tile there, it's going to be real noticeable if that wall runs out a little bit. It'll be right. less noticeable if you have a nine-inch tile there. So another good reason to do that is if your walls are, are not truly square, um, and they're, they're running off a little bit, that nine inch will help hide that, that, mm. uh, imperfection mm. in the, in the existing frame. Absolutely. So Absolutely. there's a lot of good reasons for doing it. So in a small bathroom, you can go in there with a tape or your laser and all that, but quite honestly, most of the time I'll just lay tile on the floor, you know, just go yep. all the way across, see what I got left. And then from there, start yep. adjusting where I need to be to get my differences. And in a bathroom that works just fine. Yeah. What so you you there, just, you'll just take it. Huh? Yeah, I took one of your uh, one of your spacers there. So you just lay it all out, put your spacers in there, so you've got everything spaced. You know exactly how it's going to go down. Do one mm -hmm. direction, do the other direction. Boom, done. Rock right. and roll. And then once you have your grid laid out, one of the things I like to do is put a little X's or arrows on my lines, which side I figured laying the tile to. 
because uh-huh. you know you're going to have your grout joint so you're always going to lay like looking down a floor i might have four lines i'm always going to set the tile to the right side of the line so that'll be tight to the line the next row tight to the line and that eighth inch joint then will be always running true correct so yeah again visuals would help but we need more yeah. sponsors all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, no, that's always good because then we can just go out live and actually just show you how to do it. That's right. Of- well, then we have a full crew who's actually got their hands in there doing it, and we just keep talking like we do. If you'd All like right, to sponsor so- the show, go to MightyHouse.net. <laughs> yeah. Send an email to run at MightyHouse.net or rich at MightyHouse.net. That'd be great. Rich. Rich is much better at it. Send it to rich at yeah. MightyHouse.net. Yeah. Really should check yeah. that email. All right. So if you're going to do custom designs, it's going to take more time. So and one of those could be, you know, doing a, a, a full tile perimeter and then doing a diagonal in the middle, things like that. So if you're doing something more ambitious like that, don't try to do it in a day. You know, mm-hmm. so either set your field, the middle, and then come back and cut it nice and clean so it's all straight and then lay your edges to it. Or vice versa. You could lay the border and then come back and fill in the middle later. I mean, I prefer to do the middle and then I can go in there with a wet saw or with a you know diamond blade and trim everything, make sure it's perfectly straight, and then I can work to it. So different right. ways of doing it. So all of that stuff is just based on the material you choose. So your layout's going to vary uh, a little bit. All right. Installation. Let's get into that one. Installation okay. is basically is very similar for almost any type of material. You know, your thin set, all of that is going to be basically the same. So you want to get in there. You're just going to use a trowel and you're going to spread your thin set all over the floor. And depending on the size of the tile, if again, if you're using a half inch notch, you're going to want to get mm-hmm. a good three eighths thick layer all over that floor. And then mm-hmm. how do you, you want to do that kind of flat with the smooth side. And then you yep. turn the trowel perpendicular to the floor, turn it 90 degrees and you scrape that against the floor. And when you pull that across the floor, that's what gives you a consistent half by half notch. And that's what your tile will first sit on and it will be, should be level. Yeah. And and if you're doing this and then you're rocking it back and forth, that's going to change the height of that notch. And so your thin set's always going to be moving. The other thing I like to do is I, I put the uh, mud on there and I'll use the flat side just to scrape it all on there and make sure that it, I bed everything down into the, into the uh, underlayment. And I got a nice bond there. Then I flip it over again. I come across, put some more on, and then I actually use the notch part to set the tile. And then I, a lot of times I will butter the backside of the tile too, just to introduce that thin set to the backside. So it's already starting um, to absorb that moisture and, and bond together. So when you set that tile, it, it's going to bond really good. Yeah. So the smaller tiles, you don't necessarily need to back butter, but as you get to the larger tiles, you definitely want to back butter them. Um, if you've been on a floor and you knock on it and you hear the hollow spots, that's mostly because the trowel wasn't perfectly square. So you might've had a little dip in it. And then by not back buttering it, not making up that difference. Right. So you want to run that through. The other thing is when your tile goes down, you do not want to hammer it down or push down on it. You want to let the tile sit. And the reason you're doing that is you're just the, by back buttering it, it's going to sit on the Portland base that you just spread and it will bond. 
Now they'll mm-hmm. settle in a little bit too, just from vibration while you're working. You give it that little that little push to make sure it tightens up. That's enough. You don't need to be pressing down on them. Yeah. So you just want to set them there. They'll start setting up and then check your corners. So that's when you want to use spacers. Um, and the spacers, I, I'm kind of weird on on how those work. They make those T-shaped ones. I think you've got one there. Yeah. Yeah. So those, when you look on the packaging, they're going to show you to put those in the corner, you know, for four tile. I don't like those yeah. for that because what happens is your tiles are typically not square. Once they're fired, they can twist a little, especially ceramic and porcelain, right? And if you're buying right. stone, if it's not rectified, it won't. So we put those in vertically as you're holding that. Like just, you just turn it and drop it in there and then just kind of eyeball all your lines to make sure they look straight. But if you use those as they're designed, your floor can start running off pretty bad, especially, like I Correct. say, on a, a tile that's not square. You're holding up something diff- green because it's invisible. Oh, that's true, isn't it? Look at that. That that one's not going to work. Hold it. Oh, uh, like that. Oh, yeah. There, there you go. Now, you can, now, now I got a hole in my hand. Um, I didn't even think about <laughs> that, that when bizarre. I got the green. <laughs> so, I I get think there is trying right to get out of your time. way while you keep getting that stuff here. Dive in there now. <laughs> <laughs> no. Let's see what. I'm, it, wait, okay, so all right, that's not a very good video either. <laughs> no, 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 no. So there's I and I can go get I can go get more spacers because we've tried everything. Yeah. Um we've got these kind you stick down at a metal T and you turn them and you can pull up on them and you spin yeah. it and you lock them down. Those work yeah. pretty good on certain kinds of tile. Uh the the ones that guys seem to like the most are these here that go underneath the tile, yeah. goes on both sides, and then you take this wedge wedgie and you wedge wedge it in there and that will pull yes. up both sides of the tile and level it out and make sure that you're you know from tile to tile you're really smooth and then and, and, if you're having trouble you can actually use yep. one of these and this will actually help pull it and tighten it up yes so i highly recommend those i love them so for any large format or plank flooring so I used yeah. those exclusively on when I laid the floors in my own home. I used a 12 by 48 inch tile with a one third overlay. And by putting those between the tile and then that wedge and tightening that up, that actually forces the tiles to align. And you, you, you come back the next day, you knock the wedges out, you snap those off and you can grout the floor and it's beautiful. Now, before you snap that off, hang on. The width of that is they sell different widths. That looks like a one or two millimeter width. You can buy those up to like six millimeter. So your width of your grout joint is also dictated by that spacer. So on a large format with a tight lay, they are great. And he keeps wiggling it. It's not designed to break off at the bottom. It usually snaps right at the wedge. That's part of it. So Yeah, right in here somewhere yeah i don't know those any- things are not that expensive uh you just buy all the t's the wedges can be reused multiple times uh, yes but absolutely love those absolutely love those. we have we have buckets of these yellow wedges yeah but the, and then the other thing too is just make sure you uh you know after you snap those all off 
just go around on your hands and knees, clean up your little joints from any mud that might have came through. Uh, take a utility knife and cut any of the plastic that might be sticking up a little bit too high. Maybe it didn't snap off cleanly. So you want when you're go setting ahead your tile, have one of these handy. Absolutely, wipe Wet. the faces. Yep, yep. Keep the face clean as you go. Then tomorrow you won't have to scrub or chisel it off. Right. So keep your hands clean. It makes life easier. Uh huh. Yep. All right. So let's talk about grouting. Grouting. Okay, so we're going to go back to our float. Yeah, I know. This I just at something here. here. Yeah, but somehow what? I didn't even write yep. a paragraph on it. So yes, so grouting is very simple. It's actually I hate. I don't mind laying tile. I hate grouting because <laughs> uh, grouting is uh-huh. just sort of the actual grouting is easy. Um, the real trick to grouting is again we talked about it last week. Large gap tile. You want to use a sanded grout. If you use like the T-spacer that Ron was showing you, you might want to use an unsanded grout because you're not going to have that much going in there. You know, you can't be forcing grains of sand in one millimeter. So that'll help determine sanded or unsanded. When you grout, keep it kind of watery to start. You know, you want it kind of thin because if it's too thick, you have to press on it too hard and it's hard on your arms. If you make it too thin, though, as it dries and the water evaporates out, your grout shrinks too much. Uh-huh. Right. So getting that balance of making it workable and that where you can smear it and not that's too thin where it shrinks. Yes, yes. That that's that's in the tiling dictionary, smearing. Yes. So the trick to, tie, to to grouting and not messing up your grout joint, not having to do too much is get on the edge again and go diagonally across your grout joints. Do not go in the same direction as your joint because the lip of that Grout float will go right into that joint. You want to It'll take go. that at a diagonal mm-hmm. and squeegee the floor. Yes. And then take that, once you get a two foot by two foot or three foot by three foot section, whatever it is you can reach, you take that sponge and you go over the surface and stay away from the joints. Just clean the face of the tile. Let the joints be. Because if you add more water to them, you create a bigger mess. So right. I just want to do that. Depending on the surface of the tile, let's back up a little bit because we're going to talk about sealers and maintenance at the end. If you've got a stone like slate or marble, anything that's really porous, you probably would want to seal it before you grout it. So get it all laid, get it all clean, then seal it all. And by sealing it prior to grouting, you will not get all the pigments from the grout into the face of the tile. So your floor ends up being the same color all across. When you went and spent all that money for stone, you can ruin it (laughs) by not sealing it before grouting it. And it makes it easier to wash the grout off because it doesn't penetrate. The surface is now sealed. It doesn't bond as well. Exactly. So always seal before grouting. Most, you know, not porcelain, not ceramic, but all your natural stone products. All right. Yes. So once we got it all grouted, all we need to do now is seal it. So, and most sealers are either silicone or water-based. Um, water-based sealers are pretty good, but they're they're not as good as silicone-based sealers. Um, they don't last as long. Is really all it comes down to. Uh, this, Where? Oh, sorry, I did get out of his way too far. Yeah. All right. So silicone sealers put a gloss on the flo- on the floor sometimes. So you have standard sealers, and then you have enhancing sealers. 
Yep. So again, this we, we, really could, we could put uh, Fuzzy on the spot right now and have him bring that up from last week. That picture yeah. of the of the oh. sealer that was enhancing sealer and then the regular one that was on it. So You're if we about really the want red to one, right? Fuzzy, yeah, yeah like red exactly. One. It was so, it was a. What? Yeah, I guess you could call it red. It was brown, tans, and stuff. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's see how good uh, he is. Okay. So while he's searching, <laughs> no, yeah, that's no. not it. That's waterproofing. It, it's, it's waterproofing. That's waterproofing. We're looking for a tile with a ceiling enhancer in it. So it's it's a slate tile, and half of it's shiny and half of it's dull brown. Mm-hmm. I know what you're talking about. Let uh -huh. me grab it. I know what you're talking about. See, there we go. Folder, we challenged Fuzzy. We challenged him, and he's coming. He's going to come through for us. He's, he's got this, no problem. Yeah. So, okay, natural sealies, enhancing sealers. So a natural we'll sealer is going to somewhat waterproof and protect your floor. But it's going to keep it. It's going to look the same as it did when you took it out of the box dry, Okay. So mm -hmm. if you were to wet down your stone tile that you bought, again, this doesn't apply to ceramic or porcelain, but a stone tile. If you wet it, take that wet sponge, and you see all these crazy colors come out, he found it. So the tile on your right, that would be a standard tile done, all dried out. I mean, that could be sealed. It'll look just like that. But if you use an enhancing sealer, like there is on the left side, the enhancing sealer brings out all the colors, and it'll stay like that. The thing is, you can never go back to the standard look. So if you don't like that, don't do it, you know, because you can't make it go. You can take and put an enhancing sealer on a floor that's already sealed and it'll go colorful, but you can't take the enhancing out of the other one without grinding the I, floor. Yeah, I can, I can sand it sand it down, right? Yes, you can grind <laughs> yeah. the floor. You can have it honed. <laughs> and we do that with some, like, stone floors where, you know, they're, like, the slate, not so much, but, I mean, you know, some granites and stuff where... We'll have a company come in and hone the floors to get rid of any lippage whatsoever and then repolish them. But that's, mm -hmm. again, you want a floor that's like glass. This is one of the steps you have to do, you know? Right. And uh, again, just to cheat, if you want to see what it's going to look like with that enhancing sealer on it, just take a stone and just get it wet. And, mm -hmm. and it'll, it'll darken to that color. If you like it, great. Use an enhancing sealer. If you don't, then leave it natural. That's right. So then the final thing we'll talk about is just cleaning your new floor. <clears throat> so What's to clean name? the new floor. Yeah, no, no, no. Well, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> baking soda works great on grout joints for cleaning out stains. Uh-huh. So but that's a little baking soda and water. And yep. you get down with a toothbrush or a scrub brush and you do your grout joints. And if you okay. do that, you want to put a sealer on the grout. Put a grout sealer in there so you don't have to do it. But if you don't yes. do it up front and you don't do it now, you will be back on the floor with baking soda. But it does work yes. probably better than almost anything I've seen out there. Uh, hydrogen peroxide will clean up mildew stains. You know, it'll help yep. get them colors out. But again, it's only a temporary fix. You need to get it clean. You need to get it sealed so that you cut off that moisture source so the mildew doesn't grow any longer. Of course, Mr. Right. Clean products for daily cleaning. Sure. Has sure. a full line of stone and tile cleaners. So you definitely got to check out mrfloor.com and, you know, get some cleaners from them. And that always works out really well. What color right. is the uh, the stone cleaner? I don't know. He's got a rainbow of products out there. He really does. Oh, Please I, didn't, I didn't mean to put, yeah, I didn't mean to put him on the spot now. 
Hey, well, listen, you if did. he's going to put you on the spot, <laughs> you might as well put he, him on Call the me spot. out, brother. Go for it. Here's a wood floor cleaner from Mr. Floor. Blue, okay. No, nah, we didn't talk about wood here's floors. A, here's a natural stone cleaner from Mr. Floor. And you, guess what Wait, color that, that is? that one's invisible. <laughs> <laughs> Let's call that one green. All right. So there's a stone cleaner. Here's a laminate cleaner. If you got laminate, you can use that. Right. Here's wood cabinetry cleaner. You got that one. Which is nearly clear. You Tile can see me right through here. it. Tile, Tile? route cleaner. There, there you go. Is that blue? It looks blue. That is Green. blue one. And let's see. The last one is this is the countertop cleaner, which I okay. broke the. Uh, oh, well, at least it doesn't so there you go. on air. So okay. if There's I the had a granite countertop, which one do I use? The countertop cleaner or the, uh, or, I guess, or the or stone? stone? Yeah, I would use the countertop cleaner. Okay. Yeah, and those are all natural products, so, <laughs> you know, it's all good. I know. I think you could use stone cleaner, but, I, you know, not knowing the ingredients, they may have a bit of a, uh, you know, sanitizer in there. Well, these are all supposed to be all natural. Yeah. But something All like natural. citrus oil would still be a sanitizer. Yep. So there you go. So, so there you go. The There's your thing, what? what? Go ahead. So go last, ahead. My last thing for on the cleaning that I like doing mm -hmm. is they they make the uh, little steam cleaner units that are handheld. So oh, yeah, you can, you know, you put a little water in them, you plug them in, let those things fire up, and you use those little steam cleaners on the grout. Oh, man. And soap scum takes it right off, like right now. Yeah. Um, so that's, if you've got some nasty stains, uh, it's, a, it's one good way. Mold and mildew stains are really hard to get out. You're still going to have to use the, uh, baking soda peroxide to kind of bleach those out and, and get those, uh, back to clean. But, um, the, 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 steam cleaner works really, really well. Uh, I like it. So if you got to do yeah. it, that that's one way to do it. And it'll help. Yeah. Like if you've got a stone countertop that's got something in it, you, you can use a steam cleaner to help steam that out. When you're done, then you have to, again, go back and seal it. Yeah, the boss has off. one of those that she uses on the floors, and it does a great job. You what can about, tell just, the day she does it. What about just putting fresh grout on top? Right? You got a, you got a rust spot. You just put primer no. on top of it, right? Primer. No. You got mildew. No. You, you, gotta, just, you just cover it with more grout. No. You got to get the grout <laughs> saw out. You got to dig out the old grout. Then you can put in some new grout it's not just going over the top of it because that'll just flake right off. Right. It'll flake. Oh, you guys must be Nary members. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, sir. Yes, we are. That's just like tuck point in your house. You know, if you don't cut the old mortar out, it's just going to fall off in a year. So you got to route it right. out. So that's it. So. Uh, that's that's the tile there? install. I think so. Um, I'm sure if anybody watched this whole thing, they're confused as all hell. But you can always send a, send Rich an email fast. and ask him. Yeah, because it's just yeah, rich at mightyhouse.net. And I spell rich R-O-N. <laughs> <laughs> or better yet, just send it to Robbie because then Robbie will, she'll, she'll take a look at it and them. go, I don't know what they're talking about. Here, and then she'll send it to us anyway. So you right. can always send them to Robbie too. So go and send um, pictures. If you're if you're caught in something, just take a picture of it and send it over to the guys and say, "What do I do next?" Right, right, right. And I got a, we got a couple of those this week too. It's like, okay, so what do I do with this? So mm -hmm. all right, I think we're good. Uh, next week we're okay. going to talk about 
we're gonna we're gonna go with computer stuff next week and how to keep your home safe. I think isn't that what we're gonna do? We're hoping as soon as you hear back, but that's the intent. I think we'll just do it anyway, even if they don't call. So we'll just do it on our own get and make, put, make it up. Well, then I think Fuzzy <laughs> Robbie's going to run most of the show. <laughs> yes, yes, there you go. Fuzzy oh, Robbie. We'll guys. ask Fuzzy Robbie the questions. Yes. And we'll go from there. So, yeah, so, all right, next week we're going to geek out and talk to you about how to protect your home and your internet and all that with a standalone product. There you go. And you can watch us on Facebook. Uh, you can look for us on YouTube. And uh, go to any of your favorite podcast uh, providers. We're, we're on a whole bunch of them right there. So for Fuzzy Robbie and Rich Calgill, Robbie Earhart, who had the day off, um, I'm Ron Calgill and the Mighty House team. Uh, keep it square and level until next time. <laughs> <laughs>